Hi, I'm Dorothy Burton, your host for Governing God's Way, connecting the timeless principles of Scripture to the timely issues of our day for those who serve, lead, and govern. King Solomon, the wisest leader to have ever lived, left us with this truth. There is nothing new under the sun, and what has been will be. What was true for him and those who served, led, and governed in his day is just as true for those who serve, lead, and govern today. Timeless principles to help in times like these. Hi, welcome to the podcast. I am so excited to kick off this series. I've not done a series before, but I believe the time is right in our country for for this series. I'm going to be walking us through various events in the life of Jesus as he shows us through his words and actions how we as leaders in government should lead. And it has nothing to do with if we hail from a red state or a blue state or if we are progressive, regressive, conservative, or liberal. If we say to the world, we are followers of Jesus, that carries the weight of the responsibility of leading like Jesus. And that's what I want to, through this series, help us to better understand and to show us what that looks like. The title of this series is Leading Like Jesus. Today is the first podcast in the series, and it is entitled The Power of Compassion. The principle will be coming from Luke 7, 13. When the Lord saw her, he felt compassion for her and said to her, don't cry. The story is told in Luke 7, 11 through 13 of the widow who was mourning the death of her only son. And Jesus comes upon her and the crowd uh, during the funeral procession. Jesus saw the sorrow of the widow as she mourned the death of her only son. And the text says Jesus felt compassion for her. And he did what was within his power to do, to ease her pain, as we will see later. As a leader and follower of Christ, regardless of your political party or political affiliations, in a position of authority, how many times have you seen someone in a painful situation and you had the power and authority to ease their pain, but felt not an ounce of compassion and certainly didn't do what you, like Jesus, could have done to ease their pain. It seems, you know, somewhere along the way that compassion has been taken for being weak or worse, woke. And many continue to grow callous. On a scale of 1 to 10, if I were to ask you, on a scale of 1 to 10, how compassionate would you say you are? Or do you just have compassion for those who look like you, vote like you, or share your political views? Jesus didn't care about any of that. If this is the case, 
that your compassion is limited only to your tribe, if that is the case, can you honestly say you are a follower of Jesus and not share his compassion for all people? In Luke 7, 13, the text tells us when Jesus saw the grieving mother, his heart overflowed with compassion. Some today would call that a bleeding heart. <laughs> Check this out though. Not only did Jesus' heart bleed, but so did his body when he hung on that cross for us all, giving no thought to even his enemies, those with differing views, and even those who only days before had been singing his praises and now rejoicing in his crucifixion. It made no difference to him. He's, he had compassion for them too. Do you know that you have been given the power and authority to act in Jesus' stead as his representative? How do I know? Because the Apostle Paul tells us. The Apostle Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians 5.20 that we are ambassadors for Christ. Not ambassadors of Christ, as many, you know, misquote this verse and say, you're ambassadors of Christ. Yeah, that's not Paul said. He said, you are ambassadors for Christ, meaning we are to act for him, talk for him, conduct ourselves like him. Guess what? When people see us, they should see Christ. It's the same way in any foreign country with a, with a U.S. embassy. That embassy, that embassy could be in the middle of the U.K. All right, let's take that for an example. When you arrive at the American embassy in Nine Elms, London, you are considered to be on American soil. The same is true for Her Excellency Jane Hartley, the U.S. ambassador to the U.K. If you are invited to her residence at Winford House in Regent's Park, though in the U.K., you are like in the home country, just on foreign soil. An ambassador on foreign soil representing the home country of the United States. And that residence in Regent's Park or that office in Nine Elms becomes U.S. territory. When Ambassador Hartley speaks, or any ambassador of the United States, when she speaks for or on behalf of the home country of the United States of America, she is speaking for the home country. It's the same as what we are. It's what Paul is telling us in 2 Corinthians 5.20. We are ambassadors on foreign soil, earth, representing the home country, heaven. More pointed, we are ambassadors for the king. Ambassadors, the U.S., serve at the pleasure of the president. We serve at the pleasure of the king. In every instance, every instance, we do not represent ourselves. We are to, in every situation, know that we are acting in the stead of Jesus. Think about this. Think about this and how important that makes you. No matter if you are a maid or a meter reader, a manager, director, elected representative, whatever. This is not who you are. You are an ambassador for the king. That's just your earthly title director, manager, whatever, but who you are as a follower of Jesus, you are an ambassador for the king. If you, if you got what I just said, you'd be taking out running. You'd be, you'd be taking out running. Luke 7, 
11 through 12 says that Jesus saw the funeral procession and the grieving widow mother and a large crowd from the village was with her. But guess what? As many people who loved this grieving mother and her now deceased son and were there for her in her grief, they could do nothing to ease her pain, the pain of the loss of her son. Only Jesus could do something about it. This was not lost on him. And he did not ignore her or, you know, give her a hug or reach out and hold her hand or pat her on the hand. Oh, no. He didn't do any of that stuff. Because any number of people from the crowd could have done that same thing. But only Jesus could do the one thing, had the power to do the one thing that would ease her pain, and that was give her back her son. Only Jesus had that power. But it's one thing to have the power and another to use that power in the spirit of compassion to make someone else's situation better. The text says when he saw her, his heart overflowed with compassion. How many times as a leader in your position, department, city, county, state, or judge on a bench or swing vote on an issue that could make someone else's situation better? Have you looked as Jesus did upon people with compassion? Or do you allow your politics to get in the way? Or the fact that they may be a Democrat, which if you are a Republican or of a different race or culture by the world standards, you know, you'd be okay to ignore. Vice versa, you're a Democrat. And you have within your power to help ease the pain of another, you won't do it because, you know, they may be a Trump supporter or a conservative from a red state or, or a Republican Christ follower. You won't do what you can within your power because they hail from a quote unquote, depending on where you're from, a red state or a, a blue state. All these things. But if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you are an ambassador for him. That's what the text says. That's what Paul wants to get across to us in 2 Corinthians 5.20. Jesus did not hesitate at all. He asked, neither was the grieving woman a Jew or a Gentile. He looked with compassion on someone in pain who was within his power to help. And I will say this again. If you claim to be a follower of Jesus Christ, you are his ambassador. Meaning, you and I should at all times, though none of us can do this perfectly every time because you're, we're imperfect humans, but it should be our goal, our mindset that we represent Jesus. We are ambassadors for the king. It took me decades to get what I'm trying to teach y'all today. But when I got it, when I got it, when I walk into a room now, I don't walk, I don't walk in as Dorothy Burton. I walk in as an ambassador for the king. This should be your mindset too. It will change your mindset, your view of you, your attitude, and it will boost your confidence. Because it's not you, but the Lord Jesus Christ, who you are representing. 
It will change how you interact with people, how you treat people, how you carry yourself, what you say, how you say it. Think royalty. When an ambassador in a foreign country shows up in that country, they treat them with every courtesy. Why? Because of who they represent, as I mentioned earlier, as I just mentioned now. Understand who you represent. The great failure and disconnect today among Christ's followers is that many of us don't fully understand the Lord, the King of glory, we say we follow. If we did, we would lead the way and not be in the way of healing the divisions. Conversations would be more respectful. We would be able to sit down and reason together to find reasonable solutions to the myriad of problems plaguing all of our communities, public school systems, local governments, state governments, our country. We would resolve so many issues plaguing us, homelessness, gun violence, crime. These are not insurmountable for ambassadors to resolve, but they are for those who are in the position of ambassador, but act like anything but. We have ambassadors for Christ without the compassion of Christ as leaders, as ambassadors for Christ. We need to do as Christ. And that is our compassion should lead us to use our power to ease the pain of others. When Jesus saw her, Luke 7, 13 says, he felt compassion for her and said to her, don't cry. Then he walked over to the coffin and touched it. And the pallbearers, like, they just stopped. <laughs> and Jesus said, young man, I say to you, rise. Then the dead young man sat up and began to talk. And Jesus gave him back to his mother. Wow. Just wow. As much as those in that big crowd mourned with that mother, only Jesus had the power to ease her pain. And the Bible says when he saw her, he acted. Many leaders today who claim to be representatives of Christ, they see. They just look the other way. What do you have the power to do? in your sphere of influence right now that no one else has, but you are failing to use it for the good of someone else. In your position as a leader, what is on your desk right now? What order? What personnel file? What job review? Loan application? Job application? What is in front of you that you alone have the power to make better for someone else? To ease someone else's grief or worry. And you are the only person with the power to do it. The text said, when the Lord saw her, his heart overflowed with compassion. As a leader and as an ambassador for him, see the need. Have compassion. And then do what is only within 
your power to do. It's how Jesus led. This is how we should lead. And this is governing God's way. Thank you for listening. Please help us help others who serve, lead, and govern by sharing this podcast. Good governance begins with self-governance because God always begins from within. Grab a copy of my book, Why We Fall, The Power of Self-Awareness, the book every public servant leader should read. Governing God's Way is a ministry of Christians in Public Service, a premier, biblically-based public servant leadership training and development organization headquartered in Dallas, Texas. To learn more, please visit our website at christiansinpublicservice.org.